Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. I'll be having a wonderful day, wonderful week, wherever you are. I've had a really linguistically emotional couple of weeks, actually, I have to say. I've just... Uh, I've been in Japan for a couple of weeks on holiday, first proper holiday for a long time. And it was, it was just amazing. Uh, as I've said many times, I, I love Japan. It's my favorite country. And, and, and I, I've talked before about how, when I, when I left Japan, which was back in 2012, I was really kind of torn apart, uh, you know, because I, I had made so, I tried so hard with the language. I'd made so much progress. Not only do I, yeah, do I love Japan, but I, I think the fact that I made, so much progress in my Japanese, despite finding it hard and like, you know, struggling through and coming out the other side and being able to speak well at the end of it. It meant so much to me. And when I left, it was like someone had torn away uh, a big part of my life. But then, of course, over time, I forgot about it. I'd gone on with my life in Qatar and then in, in Egypt and then back in London and stuff like that. And then, but then going back to Japan now for the first time in five or six years was just an emotional roller coaster for me because I just I just I just kind of re reconnected suddenly with this thing and just realized how much I love the country and the language and everything like that and so it's kind of for me made me just totally reconsider a lot of the language projects and exploits that I've been doing for the last few years you know the, the Cantonese that I've been struggling along with for the last few years my kind of exploits into Thai and German that didn't last very long it kind of made me think that in a way, I'd forgotten what it was like to be kind of head over heels in love with a language, which I am with Japanese. Uh, I'd forgotten about that. And so it's kind of made me just think about well, what role does this have to, what should I do now? What's the right thing for me to do? And the reality is that because it's made, because it made such an emotional connection with me when I kind of went back there and started speaking again and, um, you know, traveling around the country. I, I really have no choice but to go back and start learning Japanese full force again, you know, and I haven't felt this for a long time. So it was quite, it was really interesting and, and I, it's been a a good experience to have and, and it's kind of made me also think a lot about you guys, you know, listeners to the podcast when you send in questions and you talk to me about how much languages mean to you and all of that, it kind of, it has given me, a, kind of renewed my appreciation for what it means to really be in love with language. So it's been a very positive thing for me. And uh, I have, for the last couple of weeks, in my free time in the evenings and things, been picking up language textbooks and, and studying them, uh, obviously in addition to speaking a lot of Japanese. And so I thought that I would play uh, today a recording from a, from a video I made recently where I talk a little bit about how, about my, my experience kind of getting back into contact with textbooks and noticing how the kind of rigor and structure of textbook kind of really collides with the more organic uh way of learning languages that i've um that i've been developing over the last the last few years it kind of put a lot of thing really shone a light on the the dangers of using textbooks and what you need to do in order to really make the most of them so uh, that's what i'm going to play today before we get into that, I'd like to thank the wonderful sponsors of the show. The only place that you should consider going for language speaking practice, if you don't have native speakers around you, 
It's fun, it's convenient, it's professional, it just works. And of course, it is italki. And you can get a free lesson with italki by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. All right, then, here are some of my thoughts on using language textbooks the right way. Hey, it's Ollie, and in this video, I'm going to talk about something that's going to be very useful for you if you've ever had this experience of learning a new word or completing some exercises in a textbook or whatever, feeling like you know it and then forgetting it again straight away afterwards. Um, so this is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I'm here in uh, Hiroshima and I chose this background of these coffee machines that they have everywhere in Japan because uh, I, I, don't know, I think they're really cool, although they're probably hideous wastes of energy. They're literally on every street corner in Japan. Um, uh, when I came back here, I kind of forgot, realized I'd forgotten about them and I missed them because they do have probably like 20 varieties of coffee that you can just get. Anyway, thank you also for those of you that expressed uh, your, your, your concern about my headbands that I've been wearing. Um, I dislike them as much as you do. Uh, it's because I'm growing my hair and you can kind of see here it's a bit of a work in progress. So sorry about that. I, uh, I realize I've been looking a little bit disheveled recently, but such is life when you, you decide to grow your hair. Anyway, um, I went for uh, coffee the other day here in Hiroshima with Andrew, who is a uh, long-time reader of the, of the I Will Teach You a Language blog, and a very nice guy. We sat and had coffee uh, in the afternoon. He, he's been living in Japan for like nine years or so. He's married to a local girl. Uh, he speaks fantastic Japanese. And uh, we were practicing our various languages. We were speaking English, Japanese, and Spanish. And um, at the end, when we, when we uh, were saying goodbye, I, we were walking... Uh, back towards the station, and I and I said to Andrew, you know, I'm really curious for your for your opinion because like I've um, I haven't really spoken much Japanese for the last five or six years or so since I left Japan. So, um, you know, I said to Andrew, like, so you must remember what it was like for you to be for your Japanese to be at the state that mine is in at that kind of level. So, what did you do? to uh, I asked him like what's your what, what kind of feedback could you give me on my Japanese and what did you do when you were at my level to improve and he said he said to me you know your, your case is a bit funny only because like you you speak pretty fluently and you can exp you can express yourself you can say anything you want to say um, but you kind of lack a bit of detail in your and your vocabulary so I think if you can work on those two things um, Andrew said that when he uh, was at that stage. He worked on his grammar and vocabulary uh, in Japanese specifically, and that really helped him up his game. And uh, so that was interesting feedback for me to hear. And it was, uh, of course, it makes perfect sense because when you're when you're kind of at this uh, intermediate-ish plateau, or in my case, maybe slightly higher B2-ish, like the way that the only way the things that you need to move towards a higher level of fluency are more precise vocabulary to express yourself in different situations. And also more accurate grammar, so you can speak in a more nuanced way. And so we went downstairs to this bookshop, and he recommended me a couple of books that he's been using, and they were they're, they're really good books, actually. But they are books which are they're basically exercise books of a sort. So they'll kind of give you they'll present you a new a new word or a new kind of uh, grammar pattern in a sentence with a gap fill or something like that. And then the idea is that basically you complete these exercises. You get it wrong, you check the meaning, and then you kind of go back to it the next day and all of that. And I've kind of been working through the, the, these books in the last few days. I'm quite enjoying it. But immediately as I was doing this, I kind of just had this huge aha moment because I've, I realized I haven't studied that way using exercises and um, 
studying in in this kind of very detailed way for many many years. I've I've kind of stopped doing that, and I had this ex- this experience of completing one of these exercises where, you know, it might be an exercise where uh, you, you get a sentence in Japanese with uh, with a gap, and you have to choose the correct word from a multiple choice thing, right? And so I I, I it was quite hard, so I got most of them wrong actually. And then I, but then I, you know, I looked up the definition and I sort of understood why the word was there, why it made sense, and I, and I kind of, you know, that was great. But immediately, as soon as I closed the book and went away, I realised there's there's no way I'm going to remember this. It's a new word for me. There's no reason it's going to stick in my brain. I have no context other than the sentence. It's not meaningful for me in any way, and I have no way to to remember this word it was the same with the grammar exercises you know you kind of have to com- there's a, a sentence with a gap fill and you have to choose the correct uh, form of the verb or the, for, the correct grammar pattern for that sentence and it's an interesting exercise while you're doing it but um i it was very clear to me that as soon as i was going to go as soon as I, I stopped doing it and closed the book i would forget this stuff and and it seems to be uh an extremely inefficient way of learning when compared to the things that I've been doing for the last the last few years um, with this kind of a, this more uh, holistic way of learning languages that, that I've adopted and now and that I now um, really advocate and teach in, in my courses and things like that which is essentially to, to learn from uh, from a lot of input so a lot of reading and listening in my case I like to do it with stories so I have you know my short story books uh, my, 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 my course is on, uh, on Spanish and German, which is just coming up in a couple of months now, um, all based on stories. So you, what, what you do is you spend your time reading stories, and then you can, with a bit of help from some tuition and some explanations, you kind of learn from the context. And when you learn a word in the context of a story, it is a million times more meaningful. Because you can relate that word not just to the sentence it appears in, but also to the context of the story, what the character might say, you know, your understanding and knowledge of that character uh, in the story, and all these things. Likewise, when you see some grammar, it doesn't just make sense within the sentence, but also you relate that particular grammar point to, you know, what's the, is it in the past tense, the future tense, is it, is it giving a command, are you expressing a possibility, like all, all the different nuances make sense within the context of everything that's going on in the story or the dialogue or whatever it may be. And so that is, for me, like the, really the only way to learn. It is a huge amount of input. And learning new vocabulary and grammar within the context, within as broad as a, a context as possible. Like I say, stories are, are my favorite way of doing this. And as soon as I was started thinking about that, I realized that actually... 99% of the way the world learns languages is with this kind of discrete exercise approach. So it's like, it's exercise books, it's classroom lessons, uh, teaching, tra- traditional teaching whereby the, the teacher or the textbook will select a particular set of words or grammar for the students to learn that day and then you, you go through in this very methodical exercise type fashion. And it, it, it kind of struck me that, you know, this is the way that the world is learning languages. It's not much of a surprise that people struggle so much to do it. If I was learning languages through this approach of just having uh, isolated sentences in textbooks, I'd never get anywhere. I would forget everything. I'd have no idea how to use it in a meaningful way. Um, and it was, it was really kind of struck me. So I was chatting with Andrew about this, and, 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 and what he told me about what he did with, um, 
when he was using these books, uh, was was very insightful. He said, what I found was, he said, like whenever I would study one of these new words or, or grammar points, I'd have to make sure that I then went off and specifically you know, intentionally used that word or grammar point as much as possible with people in speaking during my daily life. Because if I didn't do that, he said, I would just forget it. And of course, that's exactly the point, and it's exactly my experience. But it seems to me that this this thing of of having to use it in speaking, having to use a new word or phrase or grammar point in speaking, yeah, it's great, but really that's just making up for a lack of context in the first place. If I learn a new word or grammar point and then I go and use it in speaking, yeah, it's good in the sense that it helps me try to use it, although I may get it wrong, I may not get it the usage exactly right but of course what happens when you use a word or phrase or grammar or whatever in speaking is that the other person then starts to engage with that and they will either kind of repeat what you say or react to what you say in some way and it's from the context that you create in your speaking that then that word or phrase has a chance of becoming memorable you know but you're really kind of putting the um the cart before the horse in in that sense because you're just kind of picking stuff you want to learn and then saying right how can i create a context somehow to uh, by which to remember this stuff but my my conviction more and more is that you have to start with the context so you start with the input whatever it is it's the conversation it's the book it's the podcast and you listen to that stuff so listening to material that's interesting for you using things like uh, short story books um, you know podcasts whatever is uh, whatever is uh, possible whatever is meaningful and comprehensible for you at that stage and then you, from that, from the stuff that you're listening to and reading, you then take the stuff that you want to learn. You identify the stuff that's meaningful, and then you learn that. And then if you do it that way, you don't, you have no need for these exercises and um, you know, gap fills and stuff like this because it's just all there from meaningful uh, for you to take and use as as you wish. So that's what's been on my mind. I hope that was uh, interesting for you in some way. Uh, please subscribe if you want more videos like this. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free memory course.